Hi, I'm Holly. Hi, I'm Campbell. And this is Get With The Programme, the podcast for people who love TV and love listening to people talking about it. This is a deep reach back into the archives. Uh, This is the very first podcast we recorded. And actually, this podcast is a year old. But you know what? It's timeless. It's one for the ages. I'm pretty sure we don't talk at length about anyone who has since been disgraced. It's a cracking hour um, with Susie Grant, who is a comedy producer at BBC Studios and proves that you do have to be funny to work in comedy. Um, So before we get into Campbell's chat with Susie, uh, this is a quick reminder that if you are thinking about applying for the network and want to watch, which hopefully if you are a regular listener to the podcast you are very familiar with by now, uh, then it is a month until applications close for both of the schemes. Uh, So you've got until April 27th to get those applications in to kickstart your career in TV with the network or take the next big step in your TV career with ones to watch. Um, if you're listening to this as it comes out, this is the Wednesday before the Easter weekend. So if you've been thinking about applying, maybe starting an application, you've not quite got it finished yet, use the Easter weekend wisely. Make the most of those extra two days off and get those applications in. We believe in you. Yeah, you've got a month. You can you can pace it out. You can do ten words a day. And we are now uh, going to move into a fantastic chat. We talk about loads of things. We have a good long chat about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as well. So if you're a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend fan, you can hear Susie converting me and the multiple meanings of that title. Uh, we will see you next week. Get on with your applications. Hello, Susie. Hey Campbell, how are you? I'm good, it's lovely to see you, thanks for coming down. No worries, thanks for having me. Um, it's been a while, but I thought, like, while we sort of like start this off, I couldn't think of anyone sort of better to talk to and uh, talk about TV, TV you've made, the TV you love as well, and I thought we could, we could go back in time, start with, we could go all the way back to... Milton Keynes, in 1985. But it's not so 1985, because I have to stay, like, youthful, don't I? Of course, because it is TV. Let's go back to Milton Keynes, broadly speaking, in the late 80s. It's during the Barcelona Olympics in 1992. <laughs> uh, well, no, you, um, so you were born in Milton Keynes? Born in Milton Keynes. When you sort of think about, I guess, sort of television and radio as well, when you were, when you were growing up, like, what kind of role did it have in, in your house? Is it Were you... A family that watched TV together? Did you have your own things that you sort of watched? Was it? My parents got me a TV for my room when I was quite young. And um, I actually stopped going to these like six week summer, you know, just like summer yeah. school kind of stuff um, or play schemes, I think they're called. And I stopped going to them because I decided that I'd rather watch Girls Just Want to Have Fun um, on TV. And it was on like 4 a.m. or something. And then the, f- the, f- the, film. the film. Yeah, I'm aware of the film. The film. Nominally based on the song, but for contractual reasons, can't doesn't feature yeah. the song. Helen yeah. Hunt. Helen Hunt. Sarah, Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker, Parker. Yeah. Um, dancing yeah. on some, so you know, some some TV show, and I was like, no, I'm no longer going to these play schemes. I'm gonna watch this film. I'm gonna watch this film at four a.m. But you know what? That started me staying up late to watch loads of stuff all the time, and Sky One became a you know terrestrial channel. Do you remember? Yeah. That? When that happened, it was a big deal, and they used to show really late at night, um, Jay Leno show. 
Oh, uh, God, yeah. Late Night with Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien. Yeah. And that was actually when I was like, I'm going to, I want to do that when I get older because I just wanted to work in this fun, sort of topical, I guess, but yeah. not really realising it at the time, but I, I wanted that. I think that's really interesting because I think those are the sorts of shows. Because I remember like around that time, sort of like getting into Saturday Night Live a little bit, and I think periodically Sky or BBC Two would sort of show that too, and then sort of give up on it. But those are the kind of shows where you do sort of see the seams around the edges. You got a real sense like this is being made by people because yeah. they're kind of you sort of see them, don't you? Like you see the cameraman, and there's lots of kind of bits and pieces that are involved around the mechanics of making television. Mm. Do you feel like that, perhaps, <clears throat> so to seed, as you said, like, that made you think, oh, this is what I want to do. You were like, oh, yeah, and I can, you know, there's obviously there's Jay and Conan's job, but there's all these other kind of jobs happening. Yeah, well, we're, so my best friend when I was younger, who is now a professional dancer, we used to, after school, we would watch this show on MTV called I Want to Be a Donnaby, which is MTV Select, and they'd had an, an item in it called I Want to Be a Donnaby, which was with Donna Air. And we started calling in all the time and we were we were basically on MTV Select at least once a week it's like they had was it because other people were calling possibly, in possibly yeah. possibly but, but, you could just but get on. we absolutely loved it and it was like a, a video you, know, you call up and say what video yeah. you wanted on and we ended up getting so much free stuff so like I've got a Janet Jackson signed CD and That's he cool. got a computer one time and I was like so unfair you should share the computer and he was like no yeah. no this is definitely mine um, you should have at least bought out your half I know but we, we actually started because my dad had a, a like a one of the old school video recorders where you put an actual VHS tape into it you press it down yeah yeah and we had one of those and we would just walk around making little films of like our antics which usually involved us trying to make a video for i want to be a donnaby <laughs> and we made this amazing video that to watch now i'm sure would just be horrible but we were so pleased with it at the time and um my family just used to play it at christmas like everyone look at what susie and james did That's and brilliant. i mean james were like obviously very proud of it yeah but um was it getting to the point that like the producers were soliciting your kind of input like bringing you up like, you haven't rung <laughs> up this week you're kind well, of we need you they always like we would ring and it would always be oh hey guys you know, in yeah, exciting. hey guys, and obviously that was very exciting. Yeah, to, for the guys. Well, I mean, I don't know how old we were. We must have been about like like twelve or something like that. Yeah. So you know, old, old enough to realise this was a big deal. Okay. So yeah. but and yeah, so then I guess and then you also sort of feel like well, we've got the chops to kind of do stuff that people are interested in. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think we were. I don't no. think anyone was interested in it other than maybe ourselves and the MTV. So I'm sure they just found it very sweet. Um. So can you remember sort of you know did you um. You know, when you were mentioning sort of like 12 and sort of the, the I want to be a Donnaby stuff. At that age, if somebody had asked you what you wanted to be, what would you have said? Um, I think I probably would have said a producer. Yeah. You know? I think I would have done. I don't... Did you know what that was at that I age? I didn't know what it was, yeah. yeah. But I you know it's a word. I, I, I knew it was a word. I knew yeah. it was associated to it. When did, when did sort of comedy start to happen? Comedy starts to happen. Well, I don't com- mean historically, just for you. Yeah, um, I believe it started. No, um, so I was always really interested in comedy, and I I didn't realise you could have a job in it. Like I think even now sometimes I, I do often just go, "What are you doing? Like this is like your actual job." <laughs> like if ever I I feel like I've had a bad day, I just go, "You know, you're a complete dickhead." Because there are people who have had terrible days, and you're moaning because you yeah. know, "Oh no, I had to read a couple of scripts today, and then someone gave me some notes I didn't like." You know, it's like, "Oh you, yeah," you know, you put it in perspective. But um, when I think I was, the aim was always to get into comedy, and. 
I, you know, it's always all the shows I've ever watched are all comedy, really. Comedy or horror. They're basically yeah. the, the two sets of things that I, I'm probably going to watch. And um, I got an AP job at BBC Comedy. And the job was mostly watching shows and cutting up clips out of them. That was it. But it did mean that I watched every single comedy that the department was making. And whether I liked them or not, I was watching them. Yeah. Because I had to as part of the job. And um, it was at that point where I sort of, I really started to develop, I think, what my taste is. And yeah. I think that was the point where I was able to, you know, start thinking about, oh, what would I like to make? What would I like to develop? And, and sort of showing an interest in writers and performers and, and talent that I really like. And I think, like, now in my job, like, you think... It, because we're really lucky in our time because we have lots of really brilliant producers and and that's good because it means we can make loads of like different shows um but it also you, you can see that you know so something that i would really enjoy isn't something that the person who sat next to me would enjoy yeah. and it's actually so important that we're all there because yeah. we sort of represent the different and parts you're, of and the nation yeah no that i think that is really important that you're kind of producing the stuff that you love and you really want to steward it and you want the best for it if you're kind of if you don't I guess comedy's so so subjective that you I can't imagine how you could do it effectively for like I don't find any of this funny where I I think that would be just too challenging if if you don't like you you just can't make it yeah I think that's a because you don't know how to make it better because just like the, the the initial idea you're putting forward that this is funny I yeah. re- I reject so well, therefore you're the one who has to stand in, in a room or usually sit in a room with a load of people and fight for a project and if you really don't think it's funny you don't believe in it well nothing's ever going to happen with it because it's kind of that's your job is to champion yeah. that project be good behind every this feels like a thesis is going to fall apart okay. not immediately with you but at some point but behind every great TV maker Susie is a TV lover right yeah yeah yeah. Um, and I always think it's really fascinating to kind of talk about sort of programmes that are really pivotal for people and kind of you know either like influenced them in their work or just actually kind of got them started now you've kind of sort of said it's the film Girls Just Want to Have Fun well that wasn't what inspired that, ju- that was just my my, re- <laughs> my rebellion against not wanting all it was just like fun. a watershed moment yeah which is not because even do you yeah. ever on Ones to Watch, right? <laughs> Me and Sam Burr, right? Sam is a brilliant producer who's working in like Factor Entertainment. He did Secret Life of Five Year Olds and stuff like that. Um, he he and I immediately formed an alliance because we both acknowledged that we were like it wasn't oh. Survivor, but it's <laughs> a, a topical reference there. <laughs> but we, we we were just like, oh my god, like there are so many people who are so into networking here and we're so not. Yeah. And But we need to be. With a net, with a small network of non-networkers. But there was this really funny moment where we found a, you know, the George, where there was, yes. there was always some party in Edinburgh, the George. And um, there was this one table quite near the middle of the dance floor. Um, and there were two seats. We were like, oh, let's just sit there. We're just going to sit there. We're just going to enjoy our, I'm guessing, free drink. And then we almost looked like we were sat on some weird little date. And people just kept stacking glasses to the point that there were glasses completely between us, like <laughs> above our heads. And we were like, what is happening? And I was like... What a beautiful <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> yeah, I was like, th- and I was like, we need to get up. We need to go do some yeah. networking. And Fair then, enough. Then we did. Um, so you talked about Jay and Conan a bit. Was there anything sort of before that, like a programme that maybe just you thought, like, I would love 
to make that or a program that you just loved so much that you were like I absolutely loved and it was later than those two shows I loved Gavin and Stacey like Gavin and Stacey I was, in fact when I was watching Gavin and Stacey that's when I thought I want to work for the BBC but I did find out later that it was actually made by Baby Cow <laughs> but it was broadcast on the BBC so yeah. you know and, and you don't know that when when you're like just watching TV you just go oh that's a BBC show yeah oh, that's not they, a TV show they make them all inside television yeah, yeah, yeah. centre in one room yeah it is made it's by fine. five people yeah that's how it works um, I love that And but currently at the moment um I'm absolutely obsessed with a show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes, on Netflix, which is on Netflix, and I'm I've, I've seen a few episodes, and it's it's so it's, good. It's so different from everything yeah. else. Like it's hard to kind of go, oh, this is clearly just this generation's this. It's it does feel like it's something else completely. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it so much, and I've got through the. There's two series on there, but they're really long. They're like yeah. super long series. Well, it's network, isn't it? So it is like sort of. It's like twenty odd episodes, is it, or is it, is it a bit shorter than that? Maybe. Um, and I feel that do they drop all of both seasons at once on Netflix? They didn't. So the first, the first series, I think they dropped uh, maybe like sixteen or twelve episodes, and then I thought I'd finished the series, and then my friend was like, "Oh, the new series is out." And, and I was like, hang on, what's all this other stuff? Yeah. Because like, uh, he was talking to me about like some other something that had happened, and I was like, what? What do you mean that happens? And, and that's because I'd missed like half the series. Um, but the, this whole, all of series two, I think, did go at the same time. Because I basically binged it in, I think, a week and a half. Yeah, I sort of became aware of it. And it seemed like there was a first season on. And then they were kind of updating new episodes from the second season kind of as they were airing in America yeah, I forget which network it's on but yeah is it CW w? yeah that makes sense I think so but I just think it's brilliant I think like every episode for, for me I mean I think I can understand like for some people it might not be their thing and I get that but I think like it's like a piece of TV and like a comedy it's just so well put together and I mean, it helps that there's lots of snappy songs going through it. There's this one which is about the devil winds, which is this uh, this guy who who plays the wind, and whenever they're like the, the wind messes with everyone. Right. But, um, it's not a spoiler. He, That's, just, he, okay. just, he messes with people. In the context of the song, or the context throughout, of, of, of throughout the actual the show. series, the so, show. The so wind. just in one episode, there's some there's some wind. <laughs> And we're talking about we're talking about moving air, right? Yeah, we're talking about moving air. We're talking about uh, these devil winds, they okay. call them. And uh, in this one episode, uh, it it creates a lot of chaos for people because it's sort of meant to drive people wild in some way. Okay, like kind of like like the Santa Ana wind, or like yeah, Mist- that's what the, yeah. or like the Mistral they have like in France. I think it's someone crazy. It's crazy yeah. wind. Oh, I think yeah. I think this is now. Santa. Yeah, because it is in California. Isn't yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it must California. be that. Yeah. Santa Ana Winds. Santa Ana Winds. She's in West Covina, California. Um, And the the guy that sings that song that goes throughout, I'm just like, I don't know who you are, but I just think you're so amazing. And I keep, I've got the, the, like, it's up on YouTube, and whenever I think someone's feeling a little bit blue, I'll just send them that. I'm just like, watch this, you'll enjoy it. Have have a good time. <laughs> I found that like, the episodes I've seen, I've seen like the first one, I've seen a few others as well. And um, it's one of those things whenever I watch a TV show where I don't know who anyone is. Yeah. Not because I'm arrogant, I'm like, if I don't know who they are, like, what's the deal? But I find they're either Canadians or they're like Broadway people. 
or okay. they're like voiceover people. And I think when you do that classic thing of like IMDb and people, and I think like one guy I think is the voice of like Prince Hans from Frozen, like one, one of the main yeah. dudes. But I think it's all these like actually like super talented people who aren't the typical kind of like TV bank. And I wonder if that sort of feeds into it sort of like otherness because it feels like this this slightly different thing and it feels quite yeah. awkward. Is it Rachel Bloom? Rachel Bloom. Yeah. And she plays Rebecca Bunch. And yeah, when people do that, give themselves a name that's got the same initials. It's not I that know, different. Yeah, it's a little bit like this is this is me because she co-writes things, co-created yeah. it. So it's probably quite a big ownership thing. So probably yeah. And you if know. you go on iTunes, um, if you've got Apple Music, you can get the. I'm sure on many other services, this will be available. Other services are available. <laughs> other services are available. Um, you can get the album, like songs from the from the shows. Uh, which I would oh, recommend. Do they, do they kind of release them as the episodes go? Because that's um, well, at the moment, I think the first series, a part of the second series, might be up, but the first series definitely. So you can get like the theme tune because actually the theme tune in that show, um, which is I'm not going to sing it, but it's where <laughs> they basically just fill in all the plot as to you know who who Rebecca is and it's and the, why she went out why there. she went there. But yeah. it's actually like when you're trying to write a treatment for something, it's like they've just nailed that little thing it's like oh cool we completely understand what's happening so a bit like the Fresh Prince because yeah. that does a good job of just if for some reason you yeah. are watching Fresh Prince for the first time you've come out with a 30 year coma you can just pick any episode because it's all there yeah. the setup is there yeah it's perfect and then, and then for their second series this is a spoiler they've changed the um the, the the title sequence and I'm guessing that's because they're like okay guys you must understand who she is now or yeah. maybe maybe it's less important I don't know but they actually hold in the in the new uh, sequence they um, she she comes through some heart so you get a full face and she comes I've seen that it's a very popular gif but, people but, seem to use it for any kind but, of surprise but they, they hold it thing. for that little bit too long and I think intentionally so to sort of is it the freeze frame gag where you think it's a freeze frame but it's not and they're it's, just kind it's of not. you can sort of holding, see her moving yeah. a bit but I think it's more because it's called crazy ex-girlfriend and it is a sexist term and that's what they say in the theme tune as well but um, they're, it's, they're, they're but, owning but, it they're bringing but, it back but because she because she holds it for that little bit too long it's like because it does make her look a little bit mental like <laughs> so what are you doing no, why are you doing that and I don't know if that was an intentional thing or not but I find it very funny every time I see it um, and again without spoilers and also not sort of knowing inside but um apparently there's something around kind of like the season arcs around apparently the creators were saying they wanted to explore like the various meanings of like what crazy ex-girlfriend means so i think oh. in the first season it's kind of crazy in that like it's just f- like a crazy thing to do and then i think as the next season comes yeah. it's maybe more again without spoiling it the, tra- the traditional sense of a crazy girlfriend yeah I mean I'm really excited for what happens in series 3 and I saw that that's been I think they've commissioned that now but I mean the twist at the end of the second series you just think you've got to do a third series because this cannot just end here <laughs> you can't here. just leave it hanging there you can't you I can't. wonder to what extent people do that it's like a real high risk strategy it's like well we want to come back so absolutely because I think a lot of people are like well we don't care <laughs> just will leave you hanging yeah uh, I mean they can't leave us hanging they, they just can't yeah Someone will do like a fan made thing, or you know. <laughs> yeah, they will. Yeah. But you think like they have such an amazing like the because there's so many there's lots of music videos throughout each episode, like the costumes and stuff. Like all of the dress. I mean, this is like a very like you know, if you're into costumes. But Shaw's in the most amazing dresses, and it's all so well choreographed. And yeah, you think like wow, like I 
I would love to someday be able to make something of that quality. Do you know what I mean? Like the production values are so high. Yeah. The writing is so good, and there's so many like, like if you are someone that's followed it, which presumably you would be if you've made it through into the second series. There are so many sort of little in jokes, and it's just so clever. And I know I'm just this place, just like a, a love song about crazy ex girlfriend. But that's good. But in a way, you're kind of you're answering, I think, some of my other questions, which are like, what what program do you wish you sort of worked on? Yeah, probably, probably that. Yeah, but. I'd love to work on something like Saturday Night Live. I'd love to do that. Yeah. I um, recently found a documentary I've been trying to watch for years, which James Franco made. Okay. It's his kind of final year thesis, in the way that you get to do that if you're James Franco studying something. So he obviously used his connections to film behind the scenes of one episode, I think, from like 2008, when John Malkovich was host. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's really interesting to sort of see something that I don't think is ever really allowed to be filmed very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, that's that seems as intense as it gets, and mm. I think it breaks people. <laughs> I think I th- it sounds like Saturday Night Live is mental, but it's all like everyone like I imagine like smoking really late and, <laughs> and drinking and staying there until like four a.m. and you think that's that would be really cool. Do you know? It'd be yeah. a really fun thing to do. I mean, I'm sure it's got a shelf life. Did you but... watch um, Thirty Rock? Yes. Do you remember the episode where they were just essentially weeing in jars? <laughs> yeah. That is that is based on a real life Saturday Night Live practice, oh apparently. Really? Yeah. God, I didn't know that. Amongst, I'm sure, probably like yeah, you know, a million other references throughout this yeah. world because obviously that's the model. But um, I thought of all the ones that I didn't really think of as being oh, oh, that was based on a real thing. People used to do that. <laughs> uh, and of all, you know, we've sort of talked about a few, but what? Um, what programme have you worked on which was kind of like the biggest thrill for you? The biggest thrill? Um, I guess something like Comic Relief, really, because that's huge and you you kind of feel like you're doing a good thing as well. So that's probably like the biggest thing I've worked on. But again, you know, I was just part of a massive team of people who did loads of cool stuff. Do you know what I mean? So I guess the thing that I, I've done that's probably... For me, I'd say something like the New Comedy Award or News Jack have been really like rewarding and I've enjoyed doing it and I've learnt loads doing them. It's like the New Comedy Award last year, we were actually broadcasting live, which um, for radio, like actually like like a radio comedy, yeah, doesn't really happen. No. Really. And that was massive. And I think I was very proud after that. But I immediately went off on leave for like two weeks, so I think uh, I then sort of forgot all about it. And things are maybe brewing now for a, for a next one. And Exciting! I'm like, yeah, I'll do that again. Cool. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, Susie, thank you so much nice. for uh, coming down and seeing us, and hope to see you soon. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.